0: I, I, I really realized this morning that how close that arc is to here. I just, that was amazing. I just thought it was farther. It's farther if you draw it, but if you run, you're there straight away. Would <laughs> uh, Tim, would you and Josh give me a hand and bring my uh, whiteboard up here and my, the, uh, the markers, Josh, behind you on the table. Hey, it's uh, Mother's Day. Oh, it's a very heavy whiteboard. That's why I needed the uh, strong young men. You know, when I think of Mother's Day, when you think of mothers, I always think of just uh, sacrificial love. Uh, it hit me when I was, I was in high school And my dad had passed away. I have a sister and two brothers, so there was four of us. My mother raising us. And I was playing basketball for school, and I needed some shoes. And I wanted the brand-name shoes. My mom said, no, I only needed the generic. I learned a lesson that the shoes didn't make my jump shot any better. (laughs) But I got the generic shoes, and about two weeks later... We were at church, the church that we went to, my mom's kneeling at the altar praying, and I see the bottom of her shoes, both shoes had holes in them, and cardboard that she had put as insoles to keep her feet dry. And it hit me, sacrificial love. I got shoes to play basketball, but she didn't have shoes. And I saw that, I've seen that in Mary raising our boys so I want to honor my mom even though she's gone to be with the Lord. Mary, the mother of my children and every mom who's here. Not all of us are mothers but I venture that almost all of us had mothers. <laughs> you, you, you deal with that one. Let's get into the Word. Uh, we've been talking about growing in faith. A uh, couple of Scriptures that I read a couple weeks ago. Jesus marveled in. We're not going to not going to be up top, but in Matthew, I mean Mark six six, at Nazareth he marvelled at their unbelief. But in Matthew eight ten he marvelled or was astonished at the great faith of the centurion. I thought I really rather Jesus marvels at my great faith (laughs) than at my unbelief. And then I had this picture of us as a church as we grow in faith, Jesus marveling in heaven saying, guys, I'm astonished. Look at that group of people. Look at their faith. That's really what we're aiming at as we grow in faith. Mark 9, 23 and 24, we started a couple weeks ago. Jesus said to him, if you can believe all things are possible, To him who believes, immediately the father of the child cried out and with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. That's been my prayer for a number of weeks now. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Would you bow your head? Holy Spirit, you're the one who leads us in truth. You're the one who has uh, empowered us. You manifest the presence of God here amongst us. And we just open ourselves and say, would you bring revelation and understanding? And Psalmist says, in all you're getting, get understanding. Well, we want understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm gonna give you a whole lot of scriptures this morning. Surprise, I never do that. Uh, If you take notes, now's a good time to get your pen out. If you don't take notes, today might be a good day to start Uh, or your phone or whatever you take notes in, otherwise you might have to listen to this later uh, just so that you get it all. Genesis chapter five. I'm going to actually do this because I'm going to watch the overhead. (laughs) If I stand right by this whiteboard, I have no hair. Then the Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. I didn't know my heart th- thought. My heart thinks. One Samuel sixteen verse seven. But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't look at his appearance or at his physical stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see a man as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord Looks at the heart. Why? Does he want to see if it has plaque in the arteries? Don't want to use this person. They might not last very long. Proverbs 23, verse 7. It says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Proverbs 27, verse 19. As in water face reflects face, so a man's heart reveals the man. Matthew twelve thirty-four says, How can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. Matthew 15, 18. But these things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart and they defile a man. Proverbs 4.23 says keep your heart or guard your heart with all diligence for from it spring the issues of life. I put this up here so you can't see the overhead. No. And one more, Matthew 15. And verse eight says, these people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. What's the heart? It's obviously more than this organ in my chest. So I want to give you an illustration and then we'll talk about it draw some circles up here. This was my head start because I'm very insecure when it comes to making circles on a on a whiteboard. I always get made fun of. I had to do the bottom one 3 times and that's the best I could get. Okay. This is how you think. This is your conscious mind. Oh, what great handwriting. This is, you're aware of all kinds of things. In fact, you have constant input of facts and experiences. You're aware of how cold or hot it is in here, how tired your bottom's getting, you're aware of the sound of my, uh, my dialect, my voice. And you're aware of those things all the time. Tons of stuff. Most of it just passes right through. But some of it actually gets stored in your subconscious. Subconscious. This would be the subconscious part of your mind. For those of you who are really sharp, you realize that sub meaning below. In my diagram, it's below. Come on. In case you missed that part, what causes something to be stored here? Now, let me throw some facts at you. Scientists tell you that you have 86 billion neuron cells for storing information. They used to estimate, somebody figured out how to count them. I could tell you that, but it's really boring. 86 billion, which means that you could record every bit of information, every experience, everything for every second of your whole life and not fill your memory. But we don't. We record the things that we find threatening or the things we value. Now, how does your mind value something? Repetition. Let me just give you this, uh, in case you're making notes. This is 86 billion. How does your your mind put value on something? It's just repetition. How many of you remember the Vegemite jingle? Anybody? (laughs) Why? Because you hear it over and over. You still with me? Something happens, there's this constant interaction between your conscious and your subconscious, and when you experience something, it's as if your conscious sends a message to your subconscious that basically says, have you seen this before? It, it, in other words, it kind of checks the memory. If your brain were a computer, It's checking the hard drive of your memory and saying, have you seen this before? And the subconscious sends back a message that says, this is what you can expect. I would write that up there, but it's taking too long. You can write that. This is what you can expect. And so things happen. So if you're in school as a child and you're asked to read out loud and you stumble over a word and the kids laugh, that's recorded in your subconscious. And then a little bit later, you have to give an oral presentation when you're in high school, and you stumble over something, and somebody laughs, and that's recorded. People say the number one fear they have is speaking in front of people. Why? Because that's what's been recorded. Then you're in church, and the Holy Spirit gives you a word and says, Come and share this. And you start shaking. Why? Your conscious sends a message. Have you seen this before? Yes. This is what you can expect. This is not a good thing. You don't want to do this. Okay, you still with me? This is what the Bible calls the heart. The area of belief. The area of faith the conviction, what's in our heart. This is what God looks at, not the outward appearance. He doesn't look at this organ. He looks at what's actually in your heart. This is the area of faith that God responds to. Important thing is that this determines ultimately what we do. Ultimately, you do what you believe. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I think the converse of that can also be true. And that is we can often tell what we believe by what we do. Ooh. We're getting serious this morning. Back to my, uh, my analogy of the painting This is essential because this is the background on, on which we're gonna paint other stuff that will shine through. And so we have to understand the foundation of heart belief. Okay? What's in your heart is what you really believe. When the Bible says these people honor me with their mouth but their heart is far from me, it's not what we say, it's what we believe. that God interacts with. Everyone's still here. How does something become heart belief? That's the question, because we're talking about growing in faith. Value. Repetition. So I wanna give you four points. I'm gonna throw a fifth one in just because I like it. But four key points of making of something becoming heart belief and the first is this you've got to be willing to be ruthlessly honest with god and with yourself there's no pretending 1983 i was walking across i was at a conference in south africa where we lived Walking across the grounds, and the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, you don't believe in prayer. Being much younger and less wise, I began to argue. (laughs) I believe in prayer. I teach on prayer. I led the intercession team when we were in YWAM. And the Holy Spirit said, but you don't pray. (laughs) And I had to go, you're right. Show me my heart. And there was this revelation. It was like God opened a door to a room that was there, but I didn't know what was in it. And all of a sudden, I had this revelation of the church I grew up in. Every Wednesday, we had a prayer meeting. We would gather. I went from the time I was young. My mom took us. We'd have this prayer meeting and the pastor would talk a little bit and then he'd say, is there any prayer requests? And nobody would say a thing. And then he'd say, are there any unspoken requests? And a few people would raise their hand. I have no idea where they got the idea of unspoken requests because that's really a contradiction of terms. How can it be a request if it's not spoken? But we would then pray. How do you pray? For something you don't know. You kind of pray some generic. God we hope you know. (laughs) So do whatever you want to do. But the problem is. Because we weren't praying for anything specific. We never saw any answers. To prayer. And what happened in my heart. Was a subconscious belief. That prayer is a waste of time. because nothing ever happens. All this revelation, the Holy Spirit speaking to me. I said, God, you're right. How do I change that? See, the other side of that is that I believed in discipline. I was an athlete most of my life, very disciplined, so I believed that discipline was a good thing, so I would pray as a discipline a few minutes at a time, but I was saying something with my mouth, but my heart was believing something else. These people honor me with their mouth, but their heart is far from me. I was going through the motions because I believed that discipline was good, but I actually didn't believe that it accomplished anything. None of you are like that. So we have to be brutally honest with God and with ourselves. And then secondly, we have to put value on what God says. Two things with that. We've gotta read and meditate on God's word. That word meditation just means over and over. Going over something over and over. I believe, help my unbelief. I believe, help my unbelief. What I believe, what do I believe? I believe the Bible is God's word. I believe that the Holy Spirit speaks today. I believe that God is still involved in the world. I believe. So I'm gonna meditate on those things. Let me ask you do you meditate on what God says about healing? 2 Timothy 2:15 says Be diligent to present yourself approved to God a worker who does not need to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth which basically is be diligent to understand the word 2 Timothy 3, 14 to 16. You must continue the things which you've learned and been assured of knowing from whom you have learned them and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scriptures given by inspiration of God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. What does it say, where does it say you learned that? From childhood, why do the kids go out? Because they're learning scripture in a way that they can understand it. From childhood, we begin to train our mind. We begin to establish the truth of God's word as opposed to the lie of the world. And eventually, That becomes the basis of our faith. Let me encourage you in that. Listen to worship. Because a lot of worship is about Jesus, a lot of it's scripture. Let it be fixed in your mind. Not only reading and meditating on God's word, but recording and meditating on prophetic words. What God is saying. See, too often we approach prophecy as a feeling. How does it make me feel, rather than what is God saying, and I need to actually meditate on it. I need to get it in my heart. Too often, we think that prophecy is automatic. When God says he's gonna do something in your life, it's not automatic. It's, it's a declaration of where he wants to go, but you still have to respond to him. If we get passive and just let, oh, well. If it's God, it'll happen. And then we wonder why years go by and it doesn't happen because we haven't actually let it become our belief. 1 Timothy 1.18 Paul, writing to Timothy, says, I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you waged the good warfare. By believing that there's something of warfare, there's something of overthrowing the enemy by believing the things God has said. I believe the word and I believe the spirit. Let me ask you, do you? How does something become heart belief? We've gotta be honest, we've gotta put value on it. And thirdly, we've gotta guard what else is stored in our heart. Terrible thing. Proverbs 4.23 says, watch or guard your heart with all diligence, for from it it, for this. Terrible thing if God brings a revelation, he opens up the door and we see that room in our heart, like I did. We then are able to repent of those things and change the way we think, kick them out, to then fill it back up, not with the word, but with the world. Guard your heart, guard what you see, guard what you listen to, guard what you store. Because those things, from those things, flow the issues of life. Why is that important? You need to understand something. Faith has a focus. Faith doesn't exist in a vacuum. It's faith in something. Let me tell you, I believe you have faith. The question isn't, do you have faith? The question is, what is your faith focused on? Is it focused on God and his word or is it focused on the world? Is it focused on the things that have been said to you by people who were upset, who declared that you'll never amount to anything and you won't do anything and, and, you're, and you're, you're thick and God can't use you? Or is it focused on the word that says I can do all things through Christ. God chose you, you didn't choose him. Are those the things you believe? So you're gonna believe something. Question is, do I have enough faith to believe? The question is, what do I believe? Do I believe what the world says or do I believe what God says? You know where Jesus was amazed at someone's unbelief was because they saw him in the natural. Isn't this the carpenter's son? Didn't we see him grow up? What can he do? The centurion saw him in the spiritual. Just speak the word, you have authority. Where are you? Where are we? Guard your heart, be careful. I wanna encourage you, be careful what you listen to. Be careful about what you watch. We wonder why we have certain values. And the bottom line is that we've stored things in our heart by our choices. Sometimes things become a threat. They're stored there that uh, it just happens. When I was 15, uh, the church I was part of, the youth, we were traveling someplace and one of the guys had a station wagon we packed a whole bunch of people in and we were parked at a light and a truck tried to squeeze by on the side and the bed of the truck hit the back window of this car and broke it and all the glass fell in on my sister. And the, uh, the driver of the car who was leading the youth group said, he said, the, the truck's license is this, remember that. I was 15 years old. That was more than 50 years ago. I won't tell you how many more. But it was a long time. That license plate was J21-123. Yeah. Why do I remember that? Because it was something... Threatening. Many of you have had experiences that were threatening. Maybe you were in a car accident and you remember everything about it. That's stored there. But some things that were stored there are actually not true. That's why the heart is deceitful above all else. Your heart's not trying to deceive you. God's just saying, hey, some of the stuff that's in there isn't actually true. It's a lie. But you don't know that it's not true because it's been your experience or it's been what was told to you. And you have to choose to put your confidence in something else And be careful that you don't reinforce what's the lie. Okay, I'm running out of time here. Let me just zip through this. Let me throw this other thing to you. It's not what we say or speak that God responds to, but it's what we really believe in our heart. You can say the right things But if your heart isn't in agreement, you actually have what the Bible calls a divided heart. Psalm 86 says, unite my heart to fear your name. Sometimes we have this conflict of beliefs. We have a bit of this and a bit of that and we vacillate between the two. Or we think, someone tells you, ah. Be careful what you say. Now, I can tell you, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's the scripture. You can say, well, I better change what I speak. Let me tell you, that's the wrong end of the equation. Change what you believe, and your heart, I mean, your your speech will change. But you can change your speech without changing your heart. You can say the right things, but your heart still not believe it. I wake up and I'm just feeling terrible. But I've learned somewhere that I have to declare the right things. I am not sick. I am well. I'm the head and not the tail, but my heart's going, yeah, but my body's telling me I'm sick. (laughs) And so I think if I just change my speech, it will cause me to have faith. Let me tell you, if we're honest with God and we build his word into us, then what is in our heart will come out of our mouth. I stepped on some toes there. Just have grace for me. We're talking about growing in faith. We're talking about becoming heart belief. Let me say this. The process of growing in faith is as we grow in relationship with him, there are no shortcuts. And that's the thing. You can't shortcut relationship. As we grow, as we spend time with God, as we spend time in his word, as his spirit brings revelation and his word brings truth, they combine together and our heart belief changes, our actions and our speech change, but there's no shortcuts. We live in a world that wants shortcuts. If I simply change what I say, I can get the result I'm after. But the result you're after is based on your heart. Out of abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's the place of faith. You still with me? Very quiet in here today. Maybe because I'm doing all the talking. What does this mean for us? I hope for you it means the same thing it did for me. Lord, I believe. Help man believe. An honesty that says, I want to grow in faith. I don't have it all. I'm expecting to see greater manifestations of the supernatural. And I have to be honest, I'm not seeing my expectation. I'm seeing some, but I'm not seeing the expectation that I have. So I can either say, ah, no, I just have to pretend that this is it, or I can be honest and say, hey, maybe I need to grow. Maybe I need some more faith. Matthew was, uh, Mary was reminding me this morning, she was reading in John. And uh, Jesus at Cana turns the water to wine. And then it says, the disciples saw his glory and believed in him. Jesus was there in person, they had heard him teach. But they saw the supernatural, which the Bible calls his glory, and they believed. How's the world gonna believe unless they hear? But how will they hear unless there is a demonstration of the supernatural, the glory of God? These signs and wonders will accompany the gospel. That's my heart's cry. Yes, we need to sow seed, we don't know how it grows, But when God breaks in and people's confidence, they see his glory and believe. I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. Secondly, what does it mean for us is this. We need to recognize the value of meditation. That's not a very much talked about word in our culture anymore. We're so into music and noise and TV and entertainment. To sit and meditate is not a value that we've embraced in our culture, but it's very definitely Bible. Psalm chapter one and verse two, I'm actually gonna turn in mine. I don't like stepping behind the little uh, whiteboard. You can see that if you can. It's talking about this blessed man. And it says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord or the word of God. And in that he meditates day and night. That's the man. Who will be like a tree planted by water, rivers of water that bring forth fruit in its season, whose leaf will also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. We all want to be that person who's blessed and prosperous. Yet it's dependent on what we put into our heart. what we meditate. Psalm 19, verse four. In fact, you can read all of Psalm 19. Sorry, it's 14, it's not verse four. Talking again, the law of the Lord, that law being the word. Verse 14, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Not just the things I say, but the things that I think. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. God looks at the heart. One more, Philippians 4.8. Most of you know this, but let me encourage you with it. He says, finally, I put that here because now I'm actually going to finish. If Some of you are going, finally, he's been talking a long time. Finally, brethren, whatever things are pure or true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Why? You know now why. That's what gets recorded in your heart. That's what determines your belief. That's what determines your faith. Meditate on these things. Set your mind on these things. And then the third thing it means for us as we finish is we're just gonna keep praying and obeying. Say, I believe. God, help my unbelief. See, as I've meditated on that, I realized that when I started out, I was focusing on the unbelief part. I believe, help my unbelief. And as I meditated on it, I've begun to change to I believe. Help my unbelief. I believe. I believe the word of God. I believe what he says. I believe the spirit. I believe the love of God for people. I believe that if God speaks something to me and the devil would not want me to do it, I better give it a shot, even if I'm not sure. If I think it might be God, I'm gonna pray and obey. Would you stand? you bow your head for a moment? Lord, there's a hunger in my heart, a desire. Your word says that you give us the desires of our heart. My desire in my heart is that you actually look at us as a people and you marvel at our faith, at our confidence in you, our trust in you, our belief in you. And that you're free to do everything you want to do. You're not limited because of our unbelief. As you were in Nazareth. Lord, I want that for myself. I want that for us as a church. For every, everyone here who's a believer. So Lord, again, we say, I believe. Help my unbelief. I believe, help me to grow in seeing you. Would you in your goodness, in your revelation and the mercy of your spirit, open up those rooms of unbelief where I've received something in my heart that wasn't you? And would you clear them out in your goodness? the lies of the enemy, the accusations of people, the general background noise of the culture around us that's repeated so much that it becomes part of my heart. Would you remove it? And would you allow me to grow in faith? Not so that I get the things I want so that you get the things you want. That you're able to manifest yourself. That you're able to love people through us and to manifest your glory by doing the supernatural. Well, we believe you, we trust you. But we acknowledge that we need you and need your help in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to have some time of prayer. If you need a touch from God for healing, we're going to keep praying. If you received prayer last week and you didn't get completely healed, come and get some more prayer. Maybe we're growing in faith this week. We have some uh, coffee and tea so we can fellowship. Just a, a word Mary and I are actually leaving tomorrow morning to go to the States to see our kids and grandkids. We'll be gone for a few weeks. Uh, obviously, I planned this in the preparation to moving to the ark so I didn't have to do any work in preparation. <laughs> I got wiser as I got older, no, I'm kidding. But, uh, so we'll be away, but uh, we have a wonderful team here that uh, are more than capable uh, of ministering and uh, just appreciate your prayers. It's uh, uh, holiday vacation But it's also ministry I'll be preaching in a couple of churches That church that we used to lead And a church that was planted from that With the home group that we led So uh, Need to, to hear God in that as well But hopefully come back Totally recharged and ready to go Bless you, have a wonderful day Mothers Thank you for being wonderful uh, All of you And uh, God bless you